0: Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hello, Channel Pros. Welcome back to another episode. This is episode number 76 of Channel Journeys. Thanks so much for listening. Well, fall is here in Georgia. Temperatures and leaves on the trees are dropping. Halloween decorations and sales of pumpkin spice lattes are going up. And the temperature for cycling is just perfect right now. In fact, I was up in the Georgia mountains yesterday with my cycling buddy Larry, and we had such a fun time riding under just perfectly clear blue skies. The mountains were in clear view, no humidity. We climbed over 5,000 feet of elevation during our 65-mile ride and, and really had such an awesome time. Well, last episode, I told you I had some big news to share, and actually, I have two big announcements. The first announcement is that I have joined Beyond Trust, a leading provider of privileged access management software. I'll be joining them as the head of their global channels and alliances, and I am really thrilled to be taking the helm of their channel strategy. I'm eager to work with their channel pro and a guest on this show, Jeff Maton, so super excited about that. And the second announcement is that I have a new sponsor this fall. My new sponsor is the PRM, Partner Relationship Management Technology Vendor, Allbound. Allbound is a world-leading partner portal provider. They offer a very easy way to collaborate with your partners on co-marketing and co-selling. And they have best-in-class reviews for automating the training of your partners, helping to manage partner deals, and engaging partners, really, in all aspects of their life cycle with you. So you can go check them out at AllBound.com, and I'll be talking about them during the rest of the shows this fall. For today's episode, I'm actually speaking with the CEO of AllBound, Daniel Graf Radford. Daniel took the reins at AllBound almost three years ago and has been leading the tremendous growth of the company. They have BI analytics on partner data from hundreds of customers, thousands of partners, hundreds of thousands of partner reps, and they've looked at that data and found key indicators of partner portal behavior associated with the highest partner engagement and retention. It's really a fascinating study of what he calls digital body language, and we're going to talk about it on this show. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, Daniel. Good morning and welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. Great to have you on the show today. Rob, thank you so much for inviting me on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. So I always like to ask, where are you hunkered down? And in the COVID areas? like, where's your bunker? Where are you situated today?
1: Yep. So you've caught me here in my basement here in Atlanta, Georgia, not too far away from you. And our headquarters is here in Atlanta. And we rotate going through our office at this point now that, you know, it's September 2021. And we haven't figured out our long-term office plan, so we're, we've got a
0: co-working all over the world that we sort of rotate through. Okay. And so when you say you're rotating in the office, you can have a certain number of people in the office each day? Yeah. So what we found is
1: that there's a real desire for that during the day collaboration within certain departments or across certain departments. So if there's you know, product planning meetings, sometimes it's great to have customer success, people with product team members kind of talking about usage. And then on the marketing and sales side to kind of talk about what they're seeing from prospects and, you know, how to adjust messaging and be more relevant.
0: Yeah. Excellent. I'm heading up to Boston this week to, to get into our office. So I really enjoy getting back and meeting with colleagues. I bet it'll be a little bit chillier there than here in Georgia. A little bit, a little bit, not too bad. So Allbound, tell us a little bit about Allbound. What makes you guys different? There are a number of, of great PRM vendors out there. What makes you guys different? Yeah, so... You know, for
1: those people that are not super familiar, channel technology and being able to automate interactions between channel partners and be able to capture what works really well in certain channel types, whether that's a tech integrated channel, whether that's a reseller channel, we're really seeing a huge resurgence of usage of these types of technology across the whole industry. And so every company is seeing a lot of growth that's in our space right now. But specifically for Allbound, When you look at why we have such amazing reviews and when you look at, you know, why our customers really, really love us, I think there's a few things that really stand out. Number one is the amount of time it takes to go live. It's really low effort compared to some of the, you know, 20 plus year old technologies that are out there on the market. And when you think about channel sales, that's super, super important. You know that tale of getting you know a, a tool live and then getting your partners on it, then getting them to prospect and register opportunities with you and work together to close them. The longer it takes for your you know channel tech to be live, the longer it'll take to prove the ROI to your whole revenue team in your company. So that's super important: is to limit that time frame as much as possible, make it as easy as possible. So I would say that's number one. Number two. We get incredibly high marks for usability by partners. Look, what are we all doing here in the channel space? This is about force multiplication. So if you have a small channel team, and I don't care how big your company is, it's always too small, and you have a massive number of channel partners that you want to engage with or that you are engaging with, then what happens is you need to really value your time And so the easier it is for your partners to work without having to ask you for help, the more likely you're going to have a lot of return on investment. So I would say those two things set us apart. And then the third thing that people really love about Allbound is how quickly we're innovating. So if you look at the number of features that we're releasing, because we're on such a modern tech stack, people are seeing that really great SaaS value of they bought a product in January and it's fundamentally better here in September.
0: What are some of the newer modules that you've introduced? You know, one of the things
1: that's super popular right now, we call it our partner journey automation. And it's a really cool feature where what it does is it automates interaction with your partners. Now, all interactions need to be automated. So there definitely is an upper limit on what you need to do with this. But for instance, if you have a tech integrated partner that registers an opportunity and it's going to be a complex sale, what you can do is have it automatically start a Slack channel between you and your partner so that you can start working on this complex opportunity together. Or let's say that you have a reseller that closes a deal and you want to kick off having an account, you know, be created for them. You can use the partner journey automation to automate messaging, to automate interactions with other tools using really simple connection points. And so, You know, not everything needs to be automated. I need to stress that, but, you know, there definitely are opportunities for really making your life a lot easier.
0: Yeah, excellent. So, uh, Daniel, this morning I was actually listening to another podcast, uh, Changing Channels, Larry Walsh's podcast. And that was uh, a podcast that he did and was talking with a channel chief from Nutanix, I believe, about KPIs and metrics. And you and I talked a little bit about metrics last week. And I'd really like to dive into that because it sounds like you guys are tracking not just at a customer level, maybe even a much more macro level data and then running some analytics on that.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I've been working in B2B SaaS for over 20 years. And what really, really attracted me to Allbound was this idea that you could have the digital body language of partners and understand what activities led to success and then train your other partners to have success and double down on the ones that really brought you value over a long period of time. And so what we have is a series of activities that we call monthly partner engagement metrics. So this is more than just logging in, which does matter to a a PRM. But what are those activities where they're really prospecting, they're really working with your content, they're really getting trained, that are the combinations that lead to revenue, across many different partner types. And so one of the things that we are releasing this week is an ebook to show which activities cause a partner to be more likely to stay with you and also be able to make money together with you. So to name a few things that really, really make a difference is when a partner co-brands five pieces of content we find that they stay with you for a very, very long time. And that's sort of a magic number. So if there's ways for you to gamify, whether it's in your PRM, whether you're with Allbound or whether you're with another one, get to that magic number, I think you're going to see a really big difference on the number of prospects that they bring you as one example of uh, something that makes a a really
0: big difference. Interesting. So before we dive into that, can we take a look at how much data did you look at? If you're looking at number of Customers or partners or partner reps? How, how big a data set are you, are you looking at?
1: Yeah, so we have many hundreds of customers. Think of those as the vendors. We have customers like General Electric and Imperva and Zoom and, you know, uh, Gainsight, ChargeBeat. So across many different verticals from um, manufacturing to technology to financial services. And so then what we do is we organize that data and look at, you know, every partner interaction. And so we're looking at tens of thousands of partners and hundreds of thousands of reps underneath those partners. And we're looking globally, is that a global representation? That's right. So about 48% of this traffic coming through the data set is not in the United States. So there's still, you know, a propensity for partner programs in the U.S. But one really cool thing we saw is how much earlier we see deep partner adoption in Western Europe. So you and I here in Georgia wouldn't sign up a channel partner in Kentucky if we were running a small company to resell for us. But if we were in London, we would sign someone up in Germany, you know, at a much earlier stage. So we're seeing really good maturity of channel in Western Europe earlier than we see in the U.S. And that's driving a lot of the non-U.S. traffic
0: that we're seeing. And so then you're looking at all interactions with the Allbound platform from these hundreds of thousands of partner reps?
1: Yeah. So if you were a customer of Allbound, you would have access to what we call channel insights. That's our BI tool to be able to see these interactions. But then if you take it up a level, what we're doing is we're looking at the aggregate data set. And we're looking at where we're seeing really high engagement and where we're not seeing super high engagement. And, you know, we want to be able to provide this data to a channel account manager. And let's say that, that channel account manager is in trying to engage 30, 50, 200 partners, depending on the partner types that she has to work with, then what are the activities that she's going to try to incent? You know, where is she going to gamify it? Where is she going to, you know, cause interaction? Where is she going to look for, for those reps that are making a difference? And so we want to give some playbooks for that channel account manager or that partner leader to give to their channel account managers for programmatic change to try to get people excited, especially with this end of year push and thinking about their planning for 2022, you know, what are they going to incent across the year that will lead to deal registration that will lead to, you know, you know, growth and pipeline growth and revenue. And so if they can plan the activities, it's a lot easier than planning the revenue.
0: Yeah. This is really fascinating because I know that out systems where, where I'm working, And many companies that I talk to, you know, the number one thing everyone's trying to drive is more partner sourced revenue, right? More partner sourced opportunities. So what correlations, what other correlations are you seeing? And you mentioned, so five being the magic number of co-branded materials downloaded, right? Right. Uh, co-br-
1: co-branded
0: and yeah, and shared. That's right. And that you said that leads to partners staying with you longer. Does it also translate to more partner sourced opportunities?
1: That's exactly right. I should have completed the thought there, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, they're not staying for their health, but yes, they uh, once they've done that, they tend to have more likelihood, obviously, of one of those opportunities turning into something real. And obviously with that, they're probably testing, you know, multiple people that they're sending it out to, and that lets them have more success. So that was an interesting breakpoint. So when we looked at the data, we looked for those breakpoints of change. You know, when people log into the portal 10 times, we see, you know, a lot more ability for them to try different things out in the portal. So getting them to come back over and over again, obviously makes a big difference. One of the things that I thought was really amazing. So let me explain this one feature that I that is an important feature. So it's it's called prospect pages. So this is a way for your partners to on the fly create a dynamic web page for their prospects, tie it to a deal, attach content, attach information, uh, whether that's co-branded or other types to it, and then share that out. And what's really great is we get to then track that. Our customers obviously get to track that and see the success of it. And if they share three of those out, we see a very high change in, you know, the pipeline. So when in the beginning of the pandemic, we did a deep dive with some of our customers that were really great at doing prospect pages. And this is a feature we saw not only a 900% increase in year- usage during the pandemic, but a really high, many hundred percent, over 300 percent increase in pipeline and revenue uh, based on that usage of that feature. And, and so that's one of the, the successes. So if you can have ways for your customers to prospect using the materials that you have and uh, share it out, that makes a big difference in obviously the pipeline. So, you know, logging in obviously matters a lot and co-branding content matters a lot. Allowing them to prospect matters a lot
0: is that created for one given prospect it's kind of like a account based marketing is that what you're talking about
1: yeah that's a really good way to think about it and for then your channel account managers to be able to see what prospect pages led to what results therefore take those to your other ones so let's say you have some really really thoughtful you know resellers in the southern part of the united states and they create you know really great prospect pages for you guys, and you see really good engagement and deals being created, your channel account managers can take those as models and create playbooks around those for say your Western European for the counterparts of other partners out there. And then really see that uh, adoption, you know, spread on a global
0: basis. So if we're prospecting into an account, we're going to create this prospect page, have targeted materials specifically for that one prospect.
1: Yeah. And then you can also AB test that as well. So it's really nice to do, You can, we have a really powerful grouping feature. So you have certain partners that are, let's say in Germany, you can do, you know, half of them get a playbook, how to do prospect pages one way and the other half another way and then see which ones have broader adoption and then, you know, and then focus on one.
0: Yeah. Excellent. All right. What other data linkages are you seeing here?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I want to point out about these data linkages is that when we're looking at it in the aggregate, it is really interesting and we show these sort of breakpoints of success. But when we go down a level below that, um, there's an important change that we see, which is that um, in some of our customers, it's a few people on the partner side that are creating all of the change and all of the success. And so it's really critical that uh, the channel account managers create LinkedIn friendships and hopefully actual, you know, uh, virtual friendships, if not in-person friendships of those reps, not just, you know, the people that lead the the sales team that you're inter- engaging with. Because what we see is there's a heck of a lot of turnover happening with sales reps and a heck of a lot of turnover happening with channel leaders. And because of that, if you're a fantastic rep making the most beautiful prospect pages, moves from company A to company B, you probably want to see if you can get company B to also become a partner and not lose that that rep's creativity and understanding of your product. And so we see sometimes that there's this lumpiness that happens at the 18-month mark. And what that is, is there tends to be a bit of a turnover. So as a channel leader leaves and brings a new one comes in with their, their team, there's sort of this ebb and flow. And so you want to not only, you know, work with that, that leader on the sales side, but also at the rep level. So looking at this data in aggregate matters, but, you know, I really want to drive home the point to go down
0: a level as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Are there other breakpoints that you saw of in positive or negative indicators? You know, one thing that was really fascinating
1: to us was something kind of specific in a couple industries. So in the security space and also in, you know, in the MarTech space, uh, there is this really powerful way to do a social share where it looks like a kind of colorful background with a dramatic statement. So in security, it's probably something scary that could happen. And, you know, with a real stat, uh, usually a number-based thing, And to have that sort of create a conversation that leads back to that partner rep. And so when you see that social share, it's trackable, obviously, on the social side of things with certain hashtags and so forth, that can create really powerful conversations that include the partner and with the vendor and with the the prospects. And then it also lets that partner feel safe that they're, you know, that opportunity is being tracked, and that they're going to get paid for it as well. So taking it from this very colorful background to grab your attention with a scary statement and the hashtag, and then being able to drive that conversation back in. Um, that's also been something where it's been more industry specific and uh, uh, has worked really, really well.
0: Are you tracking, I don't know if you have this capability of tracking number of social shares that partners are, are doing?
1: Yeah. So we definitely see people sharing out to social. What we're not obviously doing is what a really good social media tracking company. So once the conversation's out there, whether you're using HubSpot or one of the bespoke tools that are social, those are really fantastic. And, you know, this is actually bringing a really good point of what's different today in channel technology versus, say, 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, we all thought about the channel as this like silo tech stack where you bought everything as like this silo. Today, the ideal channel tech stack integrates with what you got. So whether that's integrating with your Slack or with your marketing automation system or you know so forth, the data doesn't all need to live and exist in Allbound. We actually prefer the data exist in your CRM and that we be an augmenter of that data. Every one of those social sharing companies that are worth their salt will share back to your marketing automation system, to your CRM. And then you can have the attribution from Allbound that, that that deal is there, but then also from the social share. So if they're sharing out correctly, using the right hashtags and the right tagging, and it's a registered opportunity or person as a lead, then what happens is you have that intersection point of uh, the social media side of things as well as the Allbound partner side. Of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Have you seen any other correlations or indicators going back to, you know, partners sourcing more deals, any other drivers that are correlated to your top performing partners or partner reps?
1: You know, I would actually counter that in today's world, the reverse is almost scarier. So we have, uh, just as important rather, you know, wonderful customer of ours UiPath, works with us on their tech integrated partners. What a what a wonderful brand, and so many people want to be their partner. So they, you know, want to sign up, and and what happens is your team can waste a heck of a lot of time working with people that are not as engaged, right? And so, what I would say is, if you've de- defined, in our case, we've got nine attributes of of uh, an engaged partner. If you have three, four, five, whatever those numbers are, that equal engaged. So these are people that are properly trained or they're engaged with content or prospecting or deal registration, whatever it is that you've defined. If the people that are not doing that are still trying to take meetings and put your logo on their website, you can quickly see to demote or fire them. There's nice ways obviously to do that and then focus your time on the ones that work. So UiPath shows up with a, you know, 104 partners some of them were, were not a great use of time. They were able to identify which ones were a great use of time. And now they have seven times that number. And it's going fantastically, obviously. We all know the story from them. And, and where I'm going with that is no matter how well-funded, no matter how big a company you are, you always have that force multiplication. So identifying the good behaviors, trying to get everyone to behave like them is great, but those aren't going to do it to focus your time away from them and and figure out who's more like them is just as important.
0: Yeah. I think there's a a really big push over the last couple of years of of quality over quantity. It used to be, it used to be how many tens of thousands of partners can we get? And now it's how many, how many tens or hundreds can we get that are really, truly um, driving business and where you're super relevant to those partners. That's exactly right. And, you know, how many board meetings have
1: I been to over the years where, you know, someone shows up with a partner number and it's based off of a friendship and a steak dinner or something like that, where if you can have the relationship and have it deep, but also understand the digital body language of the team below them and are they super engaged? So pipeline shouldn't be driven off of promises. Pipeline should be driven off of behavior. And that makes a big difference.
0: You mentioned nine indicators. Can you give us some of those off the top of your head that, that you're looking at?
1: Yeah. So our LMS we call Learning Track. So, Learning Track c- completion would be a really good one. Uh, another one, obviously, is the prospect pages we talked about. The co-branding and sharing of content is another one. The engagement with playbooks is another one. And engagement with prospect pages we talked about, and social share we talked about. And I should know these all just right off the top of my head, but. Those are, those are some good ones if you if you get people to do just those I think you'll be super happy oh deal registration is another one obviously
0: yeah which really is is a lagging indicator I guess of those others you know that's a really good
1: point I would say deal deal closure is the the laggiest right everyone wants to see channel tagged revenue but channel tagged revenue you know is the lagging indicator right if some of these things lead to deal reg, I think that's good and, and deal reg is still leading to what are the behaviors that lead to deal close and so you want to kind of see that across time across partners.
0: yeah, I think a lot of us though are we deal reg is a le- is a leading indicator of what's going to close, but we're thinking what's above the funnel what's above that deal reg what can we how can we help that partner get more opportunities into the funnel that get to the stage of, of registering them even? Yeah,
1: no, that's right. That's exactly right.
0: Any other uh, things that jumped out at you on the, on this study that you did?
1: You know, I, I think that we've covered the things that I think are the biggest um, ones. I, I'll leave one, with one more. So the concept of a playbook. You know, let's say that uh, you're for for your company, you're running a, a low code, really cool company uh, channel program here, and you um, have you know, a competitor and you have resellers that will run into those competitors. Well, they're never going to be as well trained to deal with those competitors as an internal sales rep would be in most instances, depending on how complex the product is. And so playbooks are things that your channel team can create that give them the first indication of talk tracks, how to see some differences between those those competitors and what to say, and then how to escalate back to your team when they get it maybe a little above their head. And what we find is for resellers, especially with complex, more complex sales, that if if you use the the playbooks seven times, you'll have a greater than 300% increase in, um, in those partners, not just staying with you, but also on uh, deal registration, we weren't able to tie that one directly to revenue because the uh, uh, complexity of, of how the, that revenue sometimes happens is not as well captured. But we're seeing that it, it is leading to re- deal registration and revenue, but we don't have the actual number on the revenue. So really high retention of partners, really high engagement. And that's one of those things where a well-done playbook takes a lot of thought, but it has such a wonderful force multiplication.
0: Yeah, and is that 7 times with one partner rep or 7 times with one partner over the all of those so not one rep but across the
1: partnership with that whole partner org organization.
0: All right, really interesting. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to this ebook coming out to take a chance to read this and share it with the audience as well. So be sure to uh, get that and include it in the in the show notes. So I always like Daniel to talk to about how people got into the channel and you you have a pretty interesting story about how you got into this in the first place. So can, can you walk us back to kind of how you first got started and engaging in channel partners?
1: Absolutely. So my first back company is, is a company called OmniLink Systems, and it's, it's now part of Sierra Wireless, and a lot of the people that I worked with are still there. It's, it's a fantastic organization. We got started doing GPS ankle bracelets for house arrest. And so my wife likes to joke at at parties that I've been to every jail and probation office in America. And that's pretty close
0: to the truth. That had to be interesting.
1: Oh yeah. We had a story every day (laughs) and uh, you know, it's pretty high stress when you're tracking sex offenders across whole states and things like that in terms of the quality of system that you need to have. We built this like super amazing tracking system and you'd imagine it was fairly data intensive. And this is the beginning many years ago of the IOT Internet of Things uh, era. And we were uh, very quickly uh, one of the highest users of data on the cellular networks of of some major carriers. <laughs> and so it gave us some clout with them to be able to get meetings. and we were able to turn that into selling our tracking system as a service on a retail basis. So one of the the products that came out was called Share Response. Sold through all Verizon retail stores, and it was a help. I fall and I can't get up, so you'd go in and do a family plan. And maybe you had someone that, for medical reasons, needed a panic button. And we also had a kid tracker sold through Sprint stores called the WeGo Phone, a little white phone. My son still thinks it's hilarious that he carried this this little tracker phone mm-hmm. when he was a kid, and. And then we also had a car connection sold through AT&T retail and it would uh, track cars. And so I had all these, you know, retail salespeople. I, you know, I was 20 something years old. I thought, oh, this is it. I'm going to be super rich. These these people are going to sell my product and that's going to be great. And then the sales did not exactly roll in. It was interesting and I remember, you know, learning the hard way that, You know, what I had to do was get uh, my product to do quota relief and make sure that they were incented equally to sell it as the other things that they could bring up. So if you have a Verizon rep, this is a little bit more complex product and it's not doing quota relief and you're getting less money for it. Well, I was not getting a lot of looks. And so that was a very quick way for 20 something year old Daniel to get trained on how to do this. And so we pivoted, we ended up with some really good success in retail and having these reps sell it and doing spiffs and and so forth. So that, you know, I don't think that today there's still there's still more data and there's more information on how to set up a channel program. But there's a lot of people in startups that hopefully are listening to your your podcast, trying to learn how to organize. And that's one of the things I love about your podcast is that every channel is organized a little bit differently. And so thinking about all the different sort of plays you can run, all the behaviors so whether you're not ready for uh, PRM because not every company's ready but once you have you know set up a channel you have some revenue flowing through it, that's when you need to think about automation. That's when you need to think about you know where the force multiplication can come in and so learning from your podcast so you don't make the same mistakes that I made at twenty something years old. It's important. So that that was my first time doing channel. Since then, it's been a really big part of uh, my career over the last 20 something years. And, you know, this is where, you know, I came in through the venture capital firm here to Allbound and just fell in love with the product, is what drew me in because I just knew that through automation, through understanding what partnerships worked, that if I had had an all bound back when I was 20 something, I'd be personally much better off.
0: <laughs> you might've had those riches. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, you're right in the channel. I think most of us have all, we've been through the school of hard knocks in, in learning about the channel. And I think the advent of podcasting is fantastic. Now there are a number of great channel podcasts to listen to. I listen to a number myself and, uh, there's so much to learn. And I learned so much by interviewing folks like you and, and others on my show. So really appreciate it. There's one more question, though, about the data that I just came to mind. We talked a little bit about partner types. And this is so important as we're building different partner ecosystems. We've got the, you know, the VAR, DISTY channel. We've got the GSI channels, service providers, MSPs. Did you see any variances in partner type of what we're kind of leading, lagging like indicators or, or other things?
1: Yes. I think that's really important. You know, I'm not sure that this made the ebook, but, you know, one of the things that we see is a really big difference is a lot of successful programs need to run multiple programs, meaning that they have to have referral programs, they have to have resellers, tech integrated. And when companies differentiate these programs through what we call our grouping feature, we see much higher engagement. So if you try to run a one size fits all and have those different types, you're going to see much lower engagement. Um, and so that that was something that um, didn't exactly make the ebook. It probably could for the the next the next version, but it's it's very clear. So if if you just have you know a deal reg and a content you know repository like uh, some CRMs will give you, like it's it's just not going to work. But you know, you need to have that LMS element for the resellers. You have to have the way to have collaboration for the tech integrated partners. You have to have really easy in deal reg and out for the referral partners where they're not cluttered and seeing a lot of stuff. And so if you can really differentiate the experience, you're going to see much higher engagement. I think
0: that's a really important. That is. And does that start then with the ability in AllBound or whatever system you're using to segment that partner to know, hey, this partner coming in is is an MSP or is a referral partner or whatever, and then creating that unique experience for them based on their their partner type.
1: Yeah, and it needs to be very automated. So let's say, Rob, that you log in as a tech-integrated partner. Your experience as a first-time login needs to be differentiated from your future logins. Uh, meaning that you get taken through the right training and that you're ready and to go to work with prospects. The, and that would be very differentiated if it was your first time login as a referral partner, which needs to be very lightweight, register a deal, get out, check on whether you're getting paid or not. And so what we have is a concept of both uh, dynamic and static grouping. So a dynamic group that would let you have your people in Germany be grouped differently than People in the UK, but also based on their login. So the first time German login is different from the second time, and so forth. That's the dynamic versus the static side, which is this is a referral person versus a reseller, and being able to have these groups change through that dynamic piece without having the interaction from a CAM is uh, channel account manager is super important, so that you can manage you know thousands of partners across you know unlimited partner types and levels and regions and not have it feel like a, a big task. That's super.
0: No, fantastic. All right. Great. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for sharing this. Look forward to seeing that ebook. Wishing you tons of success at All Bound. How long have you been there now as CEO?
1: It's been two and a half years and it's
0: been the most fun I've ever had anywhere. Awesome. Well, that's what we all want for in our jobs. Lots of fun. The channel is a lot of fun and it always has new challenges for us. All right. Great. Well, have a great day here in Atlanta and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Rob, thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, guys, some great tips there on how you can drive higher partner engagement and retention. We spend a lot of time recruiting new partners, so it really makes sense to spend more time making them successful and think about how you're driving partner engagement through your partner portal. I've got a link to the All Bound study in the show notes. Just go to channeljourneys.com forward slash CJ76. Be sure to subscribe while you're there and please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening so we can continue growing this audience. I wanna give a shout out and thank you to Daniel and to Allbound, my new sponsor. Be sure to check them out at allbound.com. And for next episode, I'll be talking with a channel pro about managing explosive channel growth. It's gonna be a great episode. Until then, have an awesome channel journey. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends and be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.